Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Two guests today, really excited to talk to both of them. So a few things in common. They both grew up playing club for the Dinos. They both played for Team Alberta and both attended the U of A where they were pandas and their careers overlapped a couple times. Mariah played in Germany this year and has been a part of our national team at the youth, junior and FISU and B team level. And joining us as well is Jesse, who's played in France and Austria and is currently on our national team. So please welcome to the show, Mariah Walsh. Jesse Niles recently started Volley IQ. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Josh. It's awesome to be with you today. So you guys are both added to the long list of Calgary area volleyball players we've had on the show. So we've had Jaren and a few other people explain like the Calgary scene. I'm wondering from your own experience, how old were you when you started playing volleyball? And when did you start playing club for Dinos? So let's start with uh, Jesse, because I think you you kind of led the way for Mariah to follow, right? Yeah, I'm uh, a year older than Raya, but uh, I started playing volleyball when I was 13 uh, in junior high and started with the Dinos Club in U17 for uh, the final two years of my, my club career. Yeah, um, I started playing volleyball when I was 11, and um, I played my first two seasons with Canuck, and then I started with Dinos in U15 and stayed for the next four years. Now, I am interested because we've had other Dinos players on the show, and Kristen Monks was most recently, and she chose not to do post-secondary with Calgary, and you guys both chose that path. So is that something that Dinos accepts, so they just want people playing post-secondary, or did you guys both feel like you were recruited to Calgary and that was going to be the next natural step? For me, I definitely felt supported uh, by the club to pursue um, my post-secondary dreams. So um, they really are quite supportive of um, wherever you want to go and um, and supporting that, that process to getting there. So um, I think it was an option if we were interested in going and staying local. But uh, for me, it was really important to play to play a high level, but also pursue my academic uh, ac- academic dreams as well. So that's how I ended up at U of A. Yeah, I would say that at the Dinos Club, it was always a huge focus on just making sure that we kept playing through university and definitely in Canada as well. There's a big push for playing in Canada for the women at the club. And I felt beyond that, that they were really supportive for us to uh, move in the direction that we had found for ourselves. And especially with setting, as you know, there's so much to do with timing and the cycles of athletes. So U of A worked out in in that way as well for me. Now, we'll, we'll start with Jesse again, just because you were kind of the upperclassman. But I'm just wondering if you could give a shout out to Lori and, and what the Pandas are doing. Like, why are they so competitive? Because I think you both have played in a national final, done super well at Canada West. Like, what, what is the, the secret sauce there that Lori and the Pandas have going on there? Um, you know, I think Lori's done a really amazing job of uh, creating a strong culture that is kind of self, self-fulfilling at this point. So uh, not only does she recruit really strong volleyball players, but really great people in general. And of course, I'm biased, but I think uh, she does a really, really great job of training her players. And, you know, coming in as a rookie, I felt not only was there some great leadership from Lori, but from the veteran players as well. And, um, yeah, so I think that strong culture that she's developed really has led to the uh, continued success of the program. Yeah, I would speak to the culture as well. Work ethic is just a huge part of what the pandas believe in. And that transfers from the coaches and the athletes that 
are currently there as well as the athletes that want to become pandas. And I agree with Jesse. Um, when I got there and you have athletes like Jesse and um, some others who have that experience and that expectation of performance and you're coming from expectation of performance in your club career, it just follows naturally that you continue to um, build into that legacy. We'll, we'll switch it up this time. We'll start with Mariah. So going from, you know, a competitive club like Dinos, the provincial team and U of A, when did the national team become a reality for you? Like did, when you played on the youth national team, was that before you started university? Yeah, actually, when I was in grade nine, um, my club team was selected to compete at North Cephas. So we were named um, the youth national team that year. So I was able to travel and experience a little snapshot of what Team Canada athletes do as a 15 year old. So it was it really fit well into kind of establishing my goals to go forward from there and just get to see what other countries were capable of at that time. Nice. And, and Jesse, when did you start to get opportunities to play for the national team? Like, were you thinking about it before you reached university or was it something that clicked when you were playing on like good Canada West teams and going through the program? Yeah, for me, I, um, I just kind of, it sounds funny, but fell into a lot of uh, the great uh, opportunities that I've had in my career, I think large part having some really great coaches. And uh, there was a point in high school where I didn't wasn't sure if I was good enough to play university. And um, through my experience at Dino, became a lot more confident, and you know found that uh, playing university was was in the cards for me. And so when I ended up at U of A with Lori's uh, support and encouragement, as well as uh, great training. Uh, she encouraged me to, to try out. So it was in my third third year of university where I ended up at the junior team tryouts. And that really planted the seed for the uh, the remainder of my national team career. Now, obviously, being experienced with the national team, I imagine pro volleyball, the conversation comes up a lot. But Jesse, when you're at U of A, is there talk of agents or what leagues to play in? Like, when did professional become an option for you and I know we were talking before the show that uh, your boyfriend plays professional hockey so I'm sure being over in Europe was maybe the next step anyways but when you chose to play for a club like what went into that decision or how how natural is that just to be the next step if you play at U of A you know it's it's natural if you want it to be it's really um, I think driven and led by uh, individual players desires so if that's if that's something that you want to work towards absolutely I'm supported by Lori and the staff there for me it was nearing the end of my final season um, that I decided that I wanted to continue my career overseas um, and that was in combination uh, from being at U of A as well uh, with uh, with the national team at that point so uh, I would not look back on my entry into pro and recommend people follow the same path I think I was not as organized as I could be but Definitely so thankful for being able to be overseas and continue my volleyball career because uh, a lot of the time the puck kind of stops after you finish university in Canada. So I definitely wasn't ready to be done after my five years of playing at U of A. And Mariah, not to label you by any means, but anyone who's seen you play, obviously a very skilled player, but some might say you're on the smaller side, I'd say. So for you to have experience, again, with a good CanWest team, play on our national team and go overseas, was that ever a challenge for you? Or you just were so competitive that you were going to find a way and, and the results really spoke for themselves? <laughs> well, um, 
Yeah, I guess it's um, it's always kind of been a topic of conversation through my playing career. It really has depended on um, who was who was evaluating me. I guess I was really lucky when I was younger to have lots of people believing in my ability to perform at a higher level. So my uncle Rod um, was always my setting coach, and he always kind of spoke to the strengths that a smaller setter might have and just continue to reinforce that belief. And then um, my club coaches, Sandra Lamb, also a smaller setter herself, always was kind of speaking to how I could have strengths and really try to offset my stats on paper, for sure. And then coming to U of A, Lori, um, she always just said that you have to be special in other ways. So like many athletes who are undersized or whatever, um, I think it's just about trying to be better at at what I'm supposed to be doing, which is locating the ball. So I, I'm sure that some people have written me off, perhaps, as a smaller setter, but I, I really remember that a lot of people have um, given me a shot and just believed that um, I could do some other valuable things on the court. So I just have had a lot of good experiences with coaches who are willing to look beyond my height. And Mariah, what was your experience like in Germany? We've had other guests on the show who've played there. And my understanding is the foreigner rules pretty relaxed. If you get lucky, your coach is going to speak English or there's definitely going to be a teammate who does. So what were your first impressions of starting your pro career in Germany this year? Um, well, it was a whirlwind from the start. I signed the contract on Wednesday and then um, arrived Friday and we played Saturday. So that was a really big um challenge for me actually coming from such an established program like U of A and sort of the predictable rhythm of Canada West and being able to control everything and I like to control everything to the last detail so um, I think this year for me was an exercise in flexibility and just figuring out how to perform regardless but overall I had a really positive experience there was a lot of English and um, I also had a few like-minded teammates trying to move up I was playing in the second division this year, so we were trying to compete and show our stuff and try to move into that first division. But I was fortunate to be at a club, um, and this was part of the reason why I selected that team, that had a strong first team. So we got to train with them a lot and just be exposed to that next step. So I think it really fostered on those days where you're training on one court and you wish you were on the next one over. It just continues to foster that drive and remind you what you're working towards. But no, I really enjoyed Germany and it was a competitive league and really showed me um, the next step as well. So that was good. Nice, nice. And Jesse, for you, getting an opportunity to play in some more great countries, like I think, you know, not too many people will complain about living in Germany for you, Maria, or Mariah. Uh, and Jesse, for you to play in France and Austria, both awesome places to live, right? So how did you find the lifestyle and the volleyball for you when you, you know, left university and started your pro career? Yeah, definitely can't complain about the European lifestyle, but the volleyball, it definitely, Mariah touched on it. It's, um, I think as Canadian athletes coming from these predictable uh, varsity settings, it was definitely an adjustment period, but it really a lot of awesome, awesome learnings as a player and as a person, um, learned, learning to become uh, more independent. But that first season I was over, um, in second division in France, and that was my first first taste of uh, of pro half season there. 
And then I was really lucky for the next two years to be in Austria, uh, playing and living in the same cities as Jordan, uh, my fiance, he plays hockey. So um, I know sometimes as a pro athlete overseas, it can be quite isolating. So I feel really lucky to have been overseas for two seasons uh, with Jordan. Um, that made it a lot, a lot more fun as well. And then my final year, just this past year, I was in uh, the first league in France living on um, on the southern coast so that was just like living in a, a storybook it was uh, beautiful beaches and um, some really high level volleyball so um, that was that was great other than I actually ended up getting injured just before Christmas uh, herniated a disc in my back so uh, made a decision after the Olympic qualifier to step back from that contract and uh, rehab to be ready for VNL but of course that did not happen this summer so but uh, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, quick follow up there. How good is your agent that they're finding opportunities for you to play in Austria when your fiance's finding his hockey contracts? Like, who's following who around? Who's getting these contracts? Like, how are those opportunities? Because I, I don't think everyone's that lucky. Yeah, so for the two years in Austria, I actually um, acted as my own agent. Um, you know, teams teams in Austria, if you. Um, you know, if you already have a place to live, I thought, I think for pro teams, uh, not incur that cost, uh, is helpful in negotiating uh, a contract. But for this past season, I definitely couldn't have done it without the support of my agent, um, Joost Koistra out of the Netherlands at LT Volley. He's been really uh, instrumental in, uh, in landing that last contract for me. So, um, really appreciate his support along with, uh, Michael Amoroso, um, that, Momentum Pro Sports, uh, actually based out of Ontario. So, yeah, I had a lot of support along the way. Nice. And Jesse, help me with the timeline here, because obviously you've earned the starting role on our national team currently. But I'm trying to think, I don't think you played fresh out of university, right? Like, were there a couple of years where you were away from the national team? Yeah. So the summer that I graduated university, um, so I had just gone and played a couple months in France. Uh, that first pro contract. And during that time, I was offered um, a really good nine to five job uh, back home in Calgary, um, working for a small biotech company. I have a degree in biology and business. So uh, after that first season away, I thought I was ready to start my career. So I decided to take a step back that summer and uh, work in Calgary. And by the end of the summer, I realized that I had really missed playing and wanted to figure out a way to work back um, into the sport and definitely onto the national team. So that is what led me to that second season over in uh, Klagenfurt in Austria. Awesome. All, all our beach players, when you just said Klagenfurt, just lit up because I think that's a, a pretty volleyball crazy uh, community. Yeah, it is actually the, the head coach that I had in Klagenfurt. Um, he is also big into beach there. So, uh, it was a, a really fun city to, to be in that season. Nice. And putting you both on the spot here, but every time we have someone from the women's national team, we just can't get enough of the training stories. So Mariah, we'll start with you, but can you give a shout out to what Tom Black or the other coaches have done there as far as like growth mindset and setting out this plan where I'm not going to knock on the coaches previously, but it just sounds like people want to be a part of the program. There's a ton of learning going on, like the the roster's bigger and everybody's at one center now. So just just give us a glimpse of your experience with the women's national team and what's going so well there. Well, I haven't been part of the women's national team since Tom has come. Uh, but last summer I was in Richmond to train with 
uh, the Fichu game squad. And I decided to come a few weeks early to, um, to get familiar with some of the systems that we would have been playing at Fichu. And they were coming from uh, Tom and his support staff. And I just got a huge taste of a totally different style of setting while I was there, um, coming from gold medal squared and just the pivot setting. Um, and it was such a whirlwind of learning. And I really haven't felt that way in, in a long time, even though you're continuously refining, it was just a totally different way to look at the offense and a completely new, um, fresh look at sort of priorities as a setter. So I had a really challenging and extremely helpful seven week period of getting tutored by um, Jeff, the setting coach, and just being a part of kind of that learning was really interesting. And it really showed me just what the national team athletes were being challenged to do every day was completely change and really be open to a new proven style of play. So it was really cool to be an observer in that gym and to be kind of on the periphery of the program, just getting some of that tutelage and really watching how some of the established setters like Danny Smith and Megan Sear were making adjustments and, and kind of just being able to be flexible at that stage in their career was really cool. Awesome. Awesome. And Jesse, how was your experience? Because I, I always love this story. When we had Autumn Bailey on the show, she just talked about she's all in on this growth mindset thing, but she was asked to change so much that like there was a week or maybe longer that she was she admitted she was bad. Like it, it was it was frustrating at times because she's like, I swear I used to be good and now I'm not. Right. So how did you find or, or how do, what was the mood uh, in your opinion around the senior team and what the, this growth mindset and all the learning that was going on? Like, how did you experience it? Yeah, you definitely mention it. Like you almost have to learn how to learn again. I think when you become a an older, more experienced athlete, you kind of you set this expectation on your head that you have to be awesome all the time, and just to have um, just a totally new leadership team and and coach come in and say, you know what, we're doing things a completely different way, and we're going to support you through it. It was a really um, it was. It was super awesome, but like you said, there was there was times where we were way worse before we even got a little bit better. But um, we were supported through the process, and um, not only by the staff, but by by each other as teammates. And you could kind of witness each other going through different phases of that learning process. But having having Tom and and all of the associated staff, it was a really came at the perfect time. It really reminded me of just why I love to play volleyball and um, kind of a renewed sense of purpose for, for myself and just for the program. You know, we all, all have been working so tire, tirelessly for the past number of years and uh, to have somebody come in there and, you know, say, you know, we can do it um, and support us through those necessary changes was, it was really awesome. So now obviously Jesse, disappointing not getting the olympic bid but is it fair to say like the program is trending in the right place and like i said people want to be a part of the program and it's just fun to be around where like obviously that like four years from now it's too far to say but is it fair to say like i think we're going to be in the olympics right do you feel like the program's trending that way where maybe we couldn't say that about the women's national team the last two cycles maybe oh absolutely i have full confidence there's the the right people in the gym um and you know there's growing momentum in the right direction. Absolutely. We, 
with the qualifying for Volley Nations League last summer was such a huge, um, huge accomplishment for the program. And, you know, we're definitely, it's hugely disappointing. I mean, it's, uh, it's a horrible that we didn't, you know, achieve our ultimate goal of qualifying, but, um, you know what, we've got a, another kick at it here the next cycle and, uh, everybody, everybody's working towards that. So I, um, I have no doubt that, um, uh, you know, we're trending in the right direction and we're going to achieve that. Let's get to the, the new and exciting stuff. So whether you want to say you're entrepreneurs or you're finding a way to give back, Volley IQ is this awesome project you guys have started. So you guys are offering a course-based model is, is basically what I've read on your website. So the athletes can sign up independently. They can do teams. There's going to be some virtual camps. So take it away. Whose idea? Who's begging the other one to start? Like, how excited are you guys to get this started? Just just walk me through the process from, from square one. How did this come together? <laughs> well, um, to answer your first question, we're super excited. Um, we've spent the past few months kind of crafting our vision and it's been really fun to get to work together. Um, Volley IQ kind of came about, I was still in Germany actually before, um, before everything with COVID and I was just on zoom with my dad actually kind of showing him one of my matches because they weren't always webcast. So we were kind of reviewing a little bit and I was just like, enjoying the fact that we could discuss through the match like I'd been used to at home. And then he was kind of reminding me like, oh, you know, you could you could probably work with some of your athletes this way. And I sort of brushed it off, even though I spent a lot of the year really missing a lot of the kids that I coach. Um, I haven't been involved with a lot of club teams or anything, but I've been doing private lessons for several years now. And I really enjoy working with small groups of athletes and I really missed seeing their progress and kind of having them involved in, in my, in what volleyball means to me, which goes beyond just kind of my own playing career. So I kind of shelved this thought and then a month later ended up leaving really abruptly and coming back and realizing that none of the coaching opportunities or playing opportunities that you would usually have in a summer would probably be possible. So um, I was kind of trying to pivot and it reminded me of with everyone going on Zoom for everything. It reminded me of that conversation with my dad and Jesse and I were having a chat just um, just to kind of catch up that week. And I was sort of thinking, there's nobody I know that works harder than Jesse. And um we're also both interested in business and trying to get some experience um, professionally while we continue to play and while we're abroad. So it really seemed like a good fit. And um, I nervously kind of waited for the end of the phone call to see what she'd say. But um, yeah, we've been working together ever since to kind of arrive at our product. Awesome. Yeah, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. And on, I was just going to say on my end, uh, I was really, really excited when Mariah had tabled the idea of Volley IQ because Mariah, Mariah is a really uh, experienced coach and an awesome coach. And, you know, even just playing with her inspired me to work harder and be better. And, uh, and so was really excited to become involved on that side of things. But I, um, I also have been learning a lot working online and I wanted to figure a way, figure out a way to merge my two worlds of volleyball and uh and business and so um really the, the perfect opportunity and um you know really hoping to to give back to you know the up-and-coming athletes to empower them to, to become better and reach whatever goals they have whether it's 
uh, playing university or uh, playing for the national team or playing professionally overseas. Awesome. Awesome. And I think video review, I, I think that's the medium kids are on and they're going to definitely excel from watching themselves and getting feedback from high level players like you guys. But one awesome thing that caught my eye about your website is you've got like pillars. So I'm wondering how did you come together with like, you're going to focus on learning independence. You want them to be authentic. You want them to be a part of the community. Like how did you guys decide that it wasn't just going to be, we're going to watch your video and coach you up that there was like a, a bigger goal to this and some, some soft skills athletes can learn as well. Well, I think, one way that we sort of arrived at our values was just thinking about the experience we wanted to provide to athletes. And part of the mission of Volley IQ is to connect um, younger athletes with mentors who are playing the game at a high level. And it's so tough in Canada because it's not like you can hire Brett Walsh to coach you in person. It's not like you can, um, you know, hang out with Jesse or hear her speak at your gym because every high level athlete for most of the year is away. So we really wanted to focus on connecting different um, different roles in the game, I guess, and just providing athletes with an experience rather than just the information. Um, that was the biggest thing with video for me. It's you get a lot of information, but it makes you feel that you're in control of your own career, and it's something that you can do independently, and it's something that can inspire you from the best in the world and a tool like that I think is really rare. So just focusing on kind of that connection between athletes and mentors and, um, and even those far off Olympians um, for other countries. And then that idea of being able to sort of take control of your own opportunity and dictating your future as much as possible really brought us to the values that we have on, on our Instagram. Awesome. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big video guy, obviously, with my role with the Beach National Team. I think it's, it's fantastic. And I'm just curious, from your own playing experience, like I, I love video, you can't lie to a camera. So I think it's really good feedback. So how have you guys improved your own game with video? And then like I said, how do you think this will benefit kids today? Because it seems like they're on their phones anyway. So now you're going to give them focus on themselves. So uh, speaking from your own perspective, how can an athlete really benefit from this? Yeah, on my my end of things, um, like you had mentioned, video does provide such a wealth of information. And so we're really keen to use our own experiences and um, the network that we've created to um, help connect the dots for for younger athletes and um, and use video to kind of help them uh, move in the direction they want to go. So uh, for me, video has made a really big impact um just being able to remove some of the emotion from the from the game um, that was one big thing i learned with the national team this past summer and um, video allows you it's kind of like a, a bit of a reality check and you know you might feel really stressed or unhappy in the moment but taking the time to review the video um after some time has passed, it really provides an unbiased and an accurate, obviously, representation of what's going on. So that was helpful for me to um, to see continuous improvement without, um, I guess, getting too up or too down. I know Laurie, our coach at U of A, used to say, you know, it's never as good as you thought or as, or as bad as you thought. Just uh, so video has been a really important tool to uh to gauge gauge my own improvement there so yeah that's funny um totally it is a reality check and I think beyond that the two big things for me with video um 
during university was just getting a way better grasp of tactics and um, sort of the strategy behind the game. And I think that was a huge reason why we're called Volley IQ is video can be a great way to build your volleyball IQ. And we know that that's a challenge for athletes, um, especially in Canada, where a lot of people aren't playing volleyball compared to hockey or other sports. And you may not have the hours that athletes in Europe get. And then I think in this past year of playing pro and having a lot more time on my hands, uh, video became just another way to just enjoy the game and really watch just for the sake of watching more volleyball. And I think it sounds funny, but often younger athletes that I've worked with who are super driven and um, have a lot going on with school and with their training, um, they're likely to watch video in a really purposeful way, but but not likely to spend the time to watch professional matches or sit down and watch Team Canada just to watch the game. So I think um, that's another message that I really want to get out to athletes is that even just watching more volleyball is going to help you um, and help with your game sense and tactics and new things to try from really good athletes. Yeah, just to build on your uh, point there, Mariah, Jesse, can you give us an example just for like what your eye sequence would be or some examples of reading? Because I think, yeah, one, watching volleyball can be a challenge for a lot of young athletes, but two, knowing what to look for. So just starting with uh, some position-specific stuff without giving too much away, without signing up for Volley IQ, Jesse, but uh, can you give us just a hint of what you think a libero should be looking at and when their attention should be there? Yeah, absolutely. And and you made a good point is that the but your focus when watching video, but also when you're playing live and what your eyes are looking at are really, really important. And so I've found that by watching video, it's, it's almost like playing, um, putting yourself in a video game or putting yourself live and practicing that eye work. Um, and so as a libero, you know, if you're playing defense, learning where your eyes need to be focused. So um, you know, on the, the, to the hitter and their, on their arm and, um, and some of those really specific cues, uh, you can practice them live, but also using video as well. And so practicing those, that I work and those kind of brain, brain patterns is really helpful so that when you are uh, on the court physically, that you're not having to think about it. it, it comes a little bit more automatically. So that's been, uh, key for me especially right now when we're not able to train with the team uh, that, you know, it's something that I can do independently and um, still be moving uh, towards my goals and improving. So something that I look at as a setter is just using video to check out the defense of the opponent and distilling this into kind of two points is looking across the net and seeing kind of what their system is. So their starting positions or the space given away. And then the second point would be who's over there. So do you have a tiny blocker in position two? Um, do you have a middle blocker playing defense in five? And I think um, just on a really basic level, thinking tactically and looking at those cues, um, it can even start right before the play. So at a basic level, that's how I started to use video tactically and just making sure I'm noticing um, where people are starting and actually who's over there. Awesome. And I think it's it's great for athletes to watch themselves. But I think one thing you may have hinted at is you have video either of yourselves playing or some other athletes playing. So 
what can you recommend for younger athletes if they want to look at someone modeling a certain behavior? Because I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff on, on YouTube right now. And Micah Christensen's a different body type than me. So as much as I'm a fan of his setting game, maybe that's not the best role model for me, right? So how would you guys kind of coach or steer an athlete into saying like, this is probably a good model for you for doing this skill. Like, is, is that going to be part of all the IQ as well? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, we'll hint at one of our concepts, actually. It's just really promoting that you find someone to virtually mentor you, even if they've never met you before. And one of the keys in choosing an athlete to get um, inspired from, I think, is that you look for either some strength that you share or some challenge that they've overcome that, resonates with you not to keep going on the small setter theme but I definitely um, enjoy watching female setters who are working around the net and they're not they're not really tall they don't jump as high but they've found other ways to be valuable to their team so we we would never say that you shouldn't um, look up to someone who's not similar to you but even if someone on paper is quite a different athlete than you looking for an area where you think a strength aligns with something that they do either technically or tactically, um, I think can help you be more intentional with how you're watching. And again, speaking to that, I think uh, it's not all about the technical game either. Definitely there's lots of techniques that we pick up from athletes who are more skilled than us, but there's also that whole mental side of the game about reading and tactics, strategy, decision-making, all of those things can also be mentored um, through video. And we're really excited to work with uh, young athletes, whether they have video of themselves playing or not, because a big jump that I had to take going from club volleyball into university was incorporating uh, using video analysis. So whether that's watching myself play or not, um, that was one, one area that I learned a lot when I first went to university. And so I think younger athletes who are, are aspiring to play post-secondary, uh, if they can get ahead of the game and start to work on their video analysis skills before they go, I think they will be able to, um, to make an impact a lot faster when they do arrive in the gym uh, at university. Because just like passing a volleyball, learning how to watch and analyze volleyball so that it is impactful for you um, is something that takes practice. So uh, that's that's one area that Bali IQ, we would love to to work with athletes and teach them. This all sounds awesome. So thank you for starting this project. And I think anyone who's been around the club world, I'm not sure if Alberta is similar to Ontario, but there, there's cameras everywhere. Parents are filming the game. So hopefully they can share it with a certain teammate, whether they have a copy or to be honest, some of the smartphones these days, they film just as well as a video camera. So hopefully they can find a way to get video themselves. But it is cool to hear that there are opportunities if they can't. Um, so that's Volley IQ. They can follow you guys on Instagram. Your website is volleyiq.ca. You got it. Volleyiq.ca across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website. Awesome. And I believe the one thing that I didn't bring up is they can actually do just a quick call with you guys and they can figure out the program. So if, if their parents are on there or if they're on there and they're not sure which program to sign up for, you guys are just uh, a meeting away and you can kind of talk through the process that way as well, right? Absolutely. We've got, uh, we'd love to chat uh, with athletes and their parents or coaches as well to learn about your goals and figure out. Uh, a program, whether it's something that we already have created or help work with you to create something custom. 
Awesome. And the last thing I'll say about this is, is follow them on Instagram and you guys are even on the beach. So maybe there's a beach thing coming soon eventually. But uh, I know there was some jump setting going on. We don't do that as often, but it was cool to see you guys taking advantage of some outdoor space. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is awesome, guys. Thanks for taking the time. We got, exciting to get both of you at once to learn about your careers and everything you've done and, and still competing professionally, but also to learn about your project. And it just sounds awesome. So hopefully people will take advantage of that and sign up for Volley IQ. Uh, you are no exception, though. One thing we're trying to make a tradition on the show is just to tell a funny story. So even though you've both played at the highest level possible, volleyball is pretty unique in a sense that something funny or something odd is going to happen along the way. So one of you's got to do it. Give us a give us a laugh before we let you go. I can I can take this one away. So. I was playing in Linz, Austria, and we had a really strong team, and we made it to the league final. So it was a, a best of five series. And for some reason or another, we had to play all the final series about an hour and a half away in this neutral location for both teams. So it was um, quite a hike for us to get there uh, when we were supposed to have a home court advantage. and. We have won the first two matches of the series and we are heading into this um, this third match where the team I was playing for, we could bring home the, uh, the title of the league and show up to the gym, getting ready to go. And I realized that I don't have my game day spandex. They are nowhere to be found. So I am in total panic mode and luckily I have... Jordan, my fiance, who's coming to watch the game, but I call him, get him into high gear to, uh, to bring my game day spandex to me. And I make it through warm up. I had to wear sweatpants and this is in, in April when it is scorching hot. I was, I've never been so sweaty in my entire life warming up in these sweatpants, but poor Jordan comes running into the gym. I think about halfway through hitting warm up, like it was just in the nick of time and, uh, and hands me my spandex. So luckily I made it. Otherwise I don't know what I would have done. Uh, I don't know if they would have let me play in sweatpants, but it was crisis averted. That's for sure. Was your coach aware that this was happening or did you hide it pretty well? You know, I was hiding it pretty well, playing it off. Like I just want to be super warm for this game. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am like beat red is so warm, but, uh, I don't know if he eventually clued in or not, but uh, it's it was all all good in the end, thankfully. It's good to hear that an athlete of your level, because anybody's ever coached club, sure enough, once a year, someone's going to forget a jersey or their shoes or something. It, it can happen even when you're a professional, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no one is immune, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, Mariah, Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll have to get you both back on because I'm sure the stories are going to keep going as your careers progress. And Jesse, I understand you're going to do your master's, which is very exciting. So best of luck with all you guys got going on. And hopefully Volley IQ takes off and we can be a little part of that journey because it was, it was awesome hearing about the project today. Thank you so much for the support and for having us on. Um, it's really, it's always fun to talk volleyball and to get the word out to younger athletes. So we're really excited. Um, where this is going and thanks again thanks josh